Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. All right, here we are on another fabulous day. Hey, it's beautiful where I'm where I'm staying and living right now. How is it where you are? Well, um, we just had a big thunderstorm last night, so the air Ooh. still kind of has that fresh rain smell. Nice. So, and it's temp is what 68 it's my favorite so yeah i cannot i cannot complain no perfect no you cannot here it's a oh the sun is just popping out out of the cloud it's mostly cloudy but i like mostly cloudy because then it tends to as you said be a little bit more comfortable temperature wise um oh it's 75 here but i'll tell you later on when i go dipping in the lake it'll be much colder (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the lake but no this is uh we're we're uh i'm grateful that we've had a good conversation already and here we are into um wow the we're past the middle point of summer we're already july 20th yeah good wow. heavens um which this episode will release tomorrow but um, we're recording today which means i've got to get it all edited tonight which is no big deal um, but we wanted to jump back into the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality book. Um, we are in, um, I think it's seven or an eight, chapter nine. eight, nine, uh, whatever number it is. You'd have to get the book. <laughs> chapter nine. All right. <laughs> one of us knows what's going on. The other one just works here. Um, so I'll let you decide which is which <laughs> scenario. Um, so we're into the chapter on growing into an emotionally mature adult. And there's so much packed into this chapter, but it's also so much packed into just this concept in general. And the idea that we can pray all we want, we can read scripture all we want, and that won't necessarily make us emotionally mature adults. Okay. And some of that has to do with our own sets of uh issues traumas triggers from the past but also in how we interact with other people um yeah i think i think this is the goal right that people want when they're saying when i want to grow in christ i think being emotionally spiritually mature is the goal but i think where people get well that's what we say is the goal right I think sometimes the reality is I want everyone else around me to be an emotionally mature adult while I can have grace for my meltdowns. Right. Which is, I'm not saying I'm anything against grace for meltdowns, but, um, right. you know, um, change, as we've said before, uh, doesn't happen overnight and it, it does cost us something. Indeed. Indeed it does. And I think sometimes we have um, different expectations for ourselves compared to other people. Mm -hmm. And that can be super unhelpful because, you know, even if you think back to New Testament scripture um, and, and I think of Paul writing to, I believe it was the Romans, possibly the Philippians, either which way he talks about consider others higher than yourselves and not Again, we over, we we go to the pendulum crazy ends of things, right? 
where, oh, well, then I need to not talk about my, think about myself at all and just let myself be a doormat. Well, no, <laughs> but don't let the pendulum sl- swing too far on the other side where you need to be first and foremost in everybody's, in my world, right? And I think that's the balance. An emotionally mature adult understands who they are in Christ. Their identity is solid. That's that's a super important aspect to becoming emotionally mature is understanding who you are in Christ and understanding that he understands and fully knows you inside, outside, upside down, all of your skeletons, all of your secret past history stuff that you don't share Uh with the world. Jesus knows all of those things and yet still loves you, still desires good for your life, still desires you to be present and, and with him and, Uh and, in relationship but then also he commands us you should grow right i think of philippians chapter two have the same mindset or attitude as christ jesus and then it goes into the who being in the very nature god did not consider equality with god something to be grasped and that continues on it's a beautiful poem yeah of jesus and how if we emulate jesus and we think about what G- what did Jesus do as the as the bracelets said back in the nineties. Um, I think we would consider others differently than we do as immature people, immature especially emotionally, as we do now, or can yeah. do, or have a tendency to do. But specifically, I'm thinking in the book, um, in the workbook, he's got a fabulous application that talk of, talks about expectations and assumptions that people make. Mm-hmm. And that that this is part of the reason we have issues related to just interactions with people is because we have expectations that we didn't bother to share with anybody. <laughs> uh, right. That's yeah. job. Number one is often just expressing what are your expectations in this situation? And also being an emer- a mature adult might say, ah, I'm going to ask what their expectations are so I can know that ahead of time. Right. So we have, and sometimes we don't even know what our expectations are until after the fact when they're not met. Oh, this is so true. I just, I'm just thinking about how much this plays out in my own marriage sometimes when I just, uh, um, ass- <laughs> just assume that people should know things or not know things. Um, you know, <laughs> my husband specifically. Um, when I really, I would really have full on conversations in my head. I mean, we already know I'm a little crazy. And I will assume that my husband has been privy to them. <laughs> right? He, of course, isn't. And sometimes I have to remind myself, I'm like, we've talked this out. No, I've talked this out to myself. <laughs> he was not brought in on the brief, you know? Um, and so sometimes I'll have to like remind myself, oh, wait, what did I actually say? Right. (laughs) Well, and, and also expectations that, so he lists four, four expectations that we often have that don't work. One unconscious. That's when we don't know what we actually expect until it's not met. And then we get mad about it not being met, even though nobody in their right mind would have been able to guess what our expectations were because we didn't even know. Two, they're unrealistic. We, sometimes we just have unrealistic expectations of people mm-hmm. and even ourselves three unspoken, which you just they talked just about. Know. Sometimes we just don't share it. And so, well, 
how how are they supposed to know right and then four unagreed upon expectations so maybe mm-hmm. your expectation is i cooked the meal so my spouse is responsible for cleaning the dishes which sounds like a fine expectation if both parties know it and agree upon it it is right. well, not again, a yeah this comes up in marriage counseling you know which we do a lot as well um usually in a thing of well my dad always cooked so my mom always did the dishes right. so i just assume that's how families worked yeah and so when my husband didn't cook i was left like why, why doesn't he know how a marriage works <laughs> right yeah absolutely <laughs> and so cultural can play into that um histories can play into that you know whatever all those things i mean they come into play with expectations a lot absolutely but also makes sense that emotional conflict is going to happen relationship conflict is going to happen if these things aren't understood Mm -hmm. if you don't realize that they're happening um so it talked um oh come on my pages are stuck together. They don't want to open. Here we go. Oh, sorry. Um, so if we compare those with expectations that are logical, like they're conscious, I know about them, right? So sometimes if you're in a situation or a circumstance or a, or a conflict or a conversation and you realize, oh man, they didn't do what I thought that I, that I thought they were going to do that. They didn't do it. Okay. So think back. Did you express what you wanted them to do? No. Okay. That's on you then, right? You can't get mad at somebody for not being able to read your mind. Mm-hmm. I tell people that all the time. Uh, who? Oh, well, why didn't you know? No one told me. That's why I did not know. Much as I prayed for. <laughs> for God doesn't kid, always give Minnesota. insight and revelation to other people's minds which I'm grateful for yeah. often. That would actually be right. terrifying if you could. Right. Anyway. That's a different also, is your expectation realistic? Like, does it make sense? If your expectation is that everybody should treat you well and respectfully and cordially, always, all the time, no matter how you interact with them, that is an unrealistic expectation. Oh, man. Um, but yes, (laughs) also, if you, you know, you're having a bad day, you tend on occasion to maybe not treat people very well. So maturity would, would help by saying, oh, I'm having a rough day. I need to like take some deep breaths, count to 10, whatever, go outside, walk around the block because I'm, I can't let my bad day explode into the people around me because that's immature right mm-hmm. um and actually the verse or the the, the scripture verse that he, that peter scazzaro talks about is comes from luke chapter 10 with the good samaritan mm. and how not only expectations and assumptions but also the concept of of treating people like their things instead mm-hmm. of people and that we tend, we can tend to do that without even trying to or th- consciously thinking about it. 
if we think about people who just, they're just in the way of my day, gosh, darn it. Like the person in the, in the car who cut you off in traffic, they're not a person often in your mindset or they, that can happen. Right. Where, Mm -hmm. how dare they cut me off? Well, a couple things. One, you have no idea how their day is going. Right. And if you think back to the times where you've cut people off in traffic, there was usually a reason. Well, but they just need to understand my boss was, I was having a hard time and my dog's sick and right. I didn't, I got the wrong latte and it was just hard and people should have more grace. Right. <laughs> so we, we want grace extended for ourselves, but often we're not willing to ex- extend grace to others. And that can be a challenge. But I think as we talked about before we started recording, there are other things that hold us back from maturity. And you mentioned a few fear, um, anger. What else did you, do you remember? Oh, that I was said, a while ago. <laughs> yeah, no, I said, I said, um, in, in, in my experience, the things that hold um, people back from maturity, spiritual, emotional, or otherwise would be um, holding on to unforgiveness. Mm, yes. Um so I, they treated me like garbage and now I'm going to treat them or anyone who reminds me of them like garbage because yes. of whatever. So I can't be whole because of all of these other factors, which may, I mean, and I'm not dismissing those, but holding on to unforgiveness does really nothing but stunt you in every area of growth that you could be trying to right. attain. Absolutely. So, um, so lack of forgiveness, fear of what would happen if I, um, were because it, it t- becoming Im- mature is a way of dying to yourself. Yeah. So, um, my second one would be, um, s- just selfishness. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> but humans can be selfish. People can be selfish. I can be selfish. Everyone I know at some point is selfish. So, um, so the self is just saying, I want to do what I want to do. And I just don't really care that much about what other people say about it. Um, so yeah, so the first one would be uh, holding on to unforgiveness. Part of holding on to unforgiveness is selfishness. So it kind of, I guess, can go in a linear line there. Um, and then the third one would be a fear of what happens if I just relinquish control because we talked about power and control absolutely if i give up control i don't know what that looks like right so um i know how to operate in emotional infancy right and and actually the vast majority of people that you meet are operating in emotional infancy Mm -hmm. um and if i choose to take the higher ground if i choose to turn the other cheek if i choose to not let these things bother me if i choose to um overcome evil with good i i don't know what that'll take for me i don't know if i'll just open the door to being a doormat would be a fear right um will i will i be saying it's okay that these other things are happening to me and what does that mean and so all of those are all and very real and uh hurdles that i'm not trying to dismiss but like, just get over it right. those are um those are long battles and that's why i talk about this emotional healthy it's a process and it mm-hmm. can take a long time and neither of us have arrived no not even you know, close um you know so not to get 
too personal, but you know, we always check in before these. And I was just telling Jenny that there's some things happening currently in my life that are making me want to react in a, in a somewhat unhealthy. I mean, so I'm saying I, I'm feeling these triggers in myself, mm-hmm. which is submitting to myself a response that I don't like. Yeah. And while I've, I've known enough to not make an outburst publicly, <laughs> Thank the Lord. I do feel those residual things bubbling up. So I'm saying my to my friend, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that way. Talk me through one. Just let me know I'm not crazy that the stuff kind of sucks a little bit. But then, you know, that <laughs> remind me that we serve the God and she's done all those things because she's the best. <laughs> <laughs> but but having having things to talk through, because this is not a just be better. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Right just be mature. Why can't you just be mature? You know, it's, it's really not that simple. There's all of these things and, and no one can tell you, but you, what is holding you back. Right. But, but in my experience, those are the three main things, lack of forgiveness, selfishness, and fear. Yeah. And I agree that those are all, and sometimes if you think specifically, I'm thinking of selfishness, you don't even necessarily see it. Right. Right. Because we tend to, oh, that I can see it in other people. I can see the selfishness in other people. But sometimes it's really hard because, again, connected to the fear part, I fear acknowledging this selfishness in myself or I fear acknowledging this unforgiveness. You have no idea what they did. You have no idea. Well, you're right. I don't. But understand that unforgiveness just causes a bitterness to eat away at your soul. Selfishness will cause eating away of your soul. Fear of, of the unknown or fear of even looking inside yourself at some of your deep, dark stuff that we don't want to admit can also be terrifying, but so freeing. Uh If we, if we can give it to the Lord. Now, again, as Amanda said, we don't have this figured out. We're working on walking a path just like you guys. Okay. And thankfully we've got each other to kind of help us along the process. And we're just kind of, all right, you fell today. We're going to get picked up. Oh, I'll fall tomorrow. You know, kind of a thing. Uh, I feel like Jack and Jill going up the hill to fetch the pail of water. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, I, and I've been struggling with completely other things where when I get stressed, when I get emotional about things, when I get, um, and sometimes it's the silliest thing, right? It's like not even a thing. You know, somebody will say something or I'll get an email or I'll, or even a memory will be just pop into my head. And all of a sudden my day gets derailed, you know, emotionally and, and focus wise. And suddenly I want to just circle up the wagons in my own heart, right. And put my walls back up and I'm just going to be by myself. I'm just going to go home. I'm just not going to be social. I'm not going to call people. I'm not going to talk to people. I'm going to put on some TV show that I've watched a thousand times. Or I'm going to go read a book that I've read a dozen times. Because that's that's my safety mechanism. That's that's the, okay, circle it up. We got to protect. And it's silly, but we do it. And it would never have occurred to me even a year ago that that's what I was doing. Right? I was like, oh, I need some me time. I need some alone time. I need some some rest and to get away from everybody. Have, nope. have you heard of the toxic, uh, the term toxic self-care? 
no, but that sounds like what I do sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but what it really is, is avoidance behavior. Yeah. But in under the happy umbrella of self-care. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, Absolutely. Friends. Toxic self-care. Toxic self-care. So, so, but we, but in order for us to get mature, we have to understand those things which are making us not mature, which we talked about in several episodes a long time ago about how you got to go back to go forward and how you got to know yourself. Right. And those are all things that are important to be acknowledging truthfully and honestly and openly, not with the whole world friends. It's not like you're going to broadcast this in a podcast. Oh wait, we we're doing that. Whoops. Um, (laughs) It's not like you're going to tell, and honestly, we don't broadcast all the things, but, um, but it's important for you to understand where you're at and where you can go from here. But if we go back to the good Samaritan story, just real quick, the good Samaritan showed emotional maturity in so many ways, but it had to do with the fact that he, he treated the person like a person and not like a commodity. Right. Cause think about if, if this were to happen in our own world. In fact, they did a, they did an experiment of, of seminary students. I don't know if you've read this Oh, no, that sounds interesting. And where they had someone. Oh, yes. Who who was like um, in need of something. I don't remember what it was, if they had a flat tire or something. And they had seminary students that had to go past this person on the way to go give a talk, to give a speech. And they found that the biggest differentiation between when they would help and when they wouldn't was the pressure that they felt externally about their time Mm -hmm. like this is going to take too much of my time to deal with this person's problem and so i've got to get moving on to my to my thing Mm -hmm. um when they made it about hey the the people in the lecture hall um you're going to be late even if you hit the road now you got to get going then they would not stop it was like 98 percent did not stop because they had that pressure externally that they had to be somewhere and whatever they were going to try and help with this for this person was going to take too much time. But that's, that's treating people like commodities, Uh right? Where you, you are going to take up too much of my time today. So I'm not going to engage in that conversation. And that's easy to do with people, right? Yeah. And I even, t- I, I, I often hear myself say the phrase, I don't have time for this right now. Right. And it more often than not involves people. Actually, it happens to me on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Someone to call and be like, I don't have time. I don't have time for whatever they're going to call about. Oh, that's terrible. And I got to go pray about it. Thanks, Jenny. You're welcome. <laughs> but I do the same thing, right? <laughs> Oh, I, that I should really talk to that person. Oh, that conversation is going to be an hour long. At least I don't have time for that. Now there's always, you can't take it to the nth degree. There's, there's people who don't have good boundaries. I get that, but I'm talking about you're just average every day when we, we treat people like things or we treat people like commodities or we treat people like how how should I value your existence okay. in my life based on how much time I'm willing to expend? Mm-hmm. I mean, our whole culture, the whole language, English language is around time is all about business. It's money. You yeah. spend time, you save time. 
you invest in relationships. Those are all business terms. Those are all money monetization and languages don't just develop out of thin air. They Uh develop over time on purpose based on what culture deems important. And it seems like we, we place pretty good value on time against perhaps interactions and relationships with people. And it's just something to be aware of, something to be cognizant of as you're aiming to become more emotionally mature is how is my interaction? How are my interactions with people? Am I harboring unforgiveness? Am I selfish? Am I fearful of what the truth may bring? Am I fearful of what, you know, opening my heart to other people is? Am I fearful about the, the reality of my own, my own world? Right. Uh-huh. Um, Cause we all want to control our lives. That's sometimes why we do so- toxic self-care, why we avoid is because we want control. Uh-huh. And the fact is that we don't have ultimate control. That's not ours to have anyway. Right. God has ultimate control. And I think that comes to that maturity piece that there are things bigger than us out there doing the thing, you know? Right. And it's perfectly okay to let God be God. But, yeah, but it's such not, good things. not something that comes overnight. So, yeah, absolutely. And it's a work, you know, work in progress, but it also, you know, hey, Lord, help me see the things I need to work on. Help me see the places I can mature. Help me to realize when I'm asking expectations that are ridiculous. Mm. Or or not even telling people what my expectations are and getting very angry at them for not making them. Uh, You know, uh, when I was in Hungary, uh, one of the conversations I had with the Hungarian English teachers was about that very thing. They said, you Americans have these expectations about people that you don't tell them and then you get very mad when they aren't met. But no one knows what they are. And it's a very American thing, according to these Hungarians, which I don't disagree with. I think we often have this unwritten, unspoken expectation about things. And because it differs with people, you don't always know. I think that makes us fearful as well to engage in conversations and relationships because we don't always know the expectations. I'm not going to engage in a conversation with that person because I don't know what that conversation will lead to because I don't know what the expectations about starting that conversation are, for example. Uh Or... You know, I'm not going to go to that person I really am in in conflict with because they should know. They should know that I'm upset with them. Well, really? Did you tell them? Did you tell them what they did that made you mad? By side, I should have been an (laughs) Right. (laughs) They should just know these things. Really? Really? How about we have the maturity to say, this is what you did. This is how I felt about it. These are my expectations moving forward or, or fill in the blank. I mean, you know, to make it really awkward, but it's going to be awkward. It's going to be hard, especially when we're not used to doing that. But I think it's one of those things that gets easier over time. The more this practice is done um, in yourself, notice it, the easier, the easier it'll be. Absolutely. Agreed. And then people really will know what you expect of them. And right. then eventually you won't have to continue to say. Right. Because you've done the work on the forefront. 
And you'll know what you expect because sometimes we don't always know. Like I said, we don't know until it's after the fact and we're like, oh yeah, I'm mad because they didn't do this thing. Well, did you tell them? No. Did you even know that that was a thing? No, not until it's ended, right? Mm -hmm. That's called being unreasonable. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) And unreasonableness is immaturity often. But thank thank God that we... Thank God for God. <laughs> Thank God that he knows um he knows who we are. Yes. And all he knows these deep-seated things. Mm-hmm. And he still loves us. Yeah. And he's still Amen. working Amen. with us. He's yep. still working in us. He's still calling us to things that are better. Even though he he knows yeah. our selfishness, our lack of forgiveness, our immaturity, and he's saying Let's try again when we fail. Right. Yeah. And he doesn't slip the standard, you know, but which is a thing also in maturity when you realize yeah. uh, you don't get to be the one to break the rules. Um, the rules apply to everyone but me, didn't you know? <laughs> he doesn't slip the standard, but he does walk us through it. Hashtag get crooked. Anyway, that's fine. <laughs> you had to bring that up, didn't you? Um, I will yeah. say, uh, this reminds me, I'm, I've am i been reading through the Psalms. Um, well, I've been listening to the Psalms every morning uh, as a way to kind of start my day. It's a really, really fun um, thing. And uh, Psalm 19 has been, uh, I, I, I keep going back to it, keep going back to it, keep going back to it because of so many things. But towards the end of Psalm 19, um. Verse 12 says, um, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Mm. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Which mm. the, the, the final verse of that Psalm, a lot of people use um, in prayers. I've used it before preaching a sermon. But I love the verses before it. I'm going to read it now in the NLT because I think it's helpful to have it in different translations. How can I know all the sins lurking in my own heart? Cleanse me, Lord, from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sins. And then may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That is a mature uh-huh. prayer. Uh-huh. That's a prayer that da- David wrote Psalm 19 and he wrote it um, understanding that he wants to serve God. He wants to follow God. He wants to, you know, he was called a man after God's own heart, but he also understood that there are parts of us that are faulty. Uh-huh. There are parts of us that are immature and lack knowledge and do willful things because they control us. Because we're easily controlled. Yeah. You know, we're very, very easily controlled by our, by our emotions, by our, our appetites, uh, by any number of things. The flesh is weak, as the word says. But may, may someone, Psalm 19, that's been my prayer all week. It'll probably be continued my prayer for a good long while. 
um, as I endeavor to work through these emotional maturity things. So final words, Amanda. Oh, um, yeah, just, I guess just reiterating, um, wherever you are, we can go, you can go further. <laughs> yes. But my main thing though is remember the people that you meet might be at stage one. Yeah. And, um, it can be easy to get sucked back into, um, emotional immaturity and looking at other people's maturity. Mm -hmm. don't right <laughs> it's not worth it um set an example right yeah and how you and the people will people will match your energy and how you deal with them yeah I, that's been my experience mine as well and so um know that you serve a god that is higher above it all and he can yeah. help as we say a lot of times get a friend or call a therapist, whatever, whatever you got to do right? Um, to, to continue on this journey. And, and remember, you're not going to get it overnight and that's okay. Cause God knows that yeah. he just wants us to be um, better, more holy than we were and to just, right. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Right. And all those bumper stickers. That's like eight vital thoughts. I'm done now. That's awesome. All right, friends. Uh, we do love you. We do care about you. I pray that, uh, yeah, you start working towards these things. God is good. He's going to follow us on the journey. So um, one last thought. His, uh, he blesses us. Why? So we can be a blessing to others. All right. We'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>